0: You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. World is this? It's Frida's world. Classy like? like? and ratchet at the same time. You clatch it like you love church music, but you. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World podcast. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. As the sun has been shining bright like a diamond in New York City, I feel like spring might actually be here. I know every time I say it, I, I jinx it because the next day it becomes winter wonderland. But the last couple of days... I haven't said anything. I've just been watching and it feels like spring might actually be here. Yesterday for the first time, I went to work without stockings. I had bare legs and I was not, you know, I did not regret it. And today I will be going to work with bare legs. So I feel like the weather is here. Spring, I would say spring is my second favorite season. The only reason it's not my favorite, my top is because it rains. I'm not a. I don't like operating in the rain. I don't like schlepping to work, going to work in the rain. I prefer if it's going to rain, I prefer to ha- for it to happen at nighttime or when I'm not required to leave my residence. So fall is my favorite season because I still get that weather, that 60 degree weather, um, but there's not so much rain. So. That's that. But I want to take this time to thank you all for tuning into the show each and every week. I really appreciate the support that I'm getting from you guys. I feel like the podcast is truly growing. It's been on for about a year and a half now, give and take, you know, we've taken month breaks here and there but i feel like it's right now that i'm truly experiencing the sense of growth and community like the community i think is growing my podcast tribe is growing and i'm i'm really getting authentic listeners people who are really wanting to just be part of the Frida's World movement, the Frida Women NYC movement. And so I really, really appreciate it and I'm really excited uh, to see where this goes. So I want to take this time to thank you all. And also to remind you guys, please subscribe, rate, and review. Before, to be very honest, I didn't think these things truly mattered. You know, I would listen to other podcasts and I'm like, mm, this is a good podcast. And then I would leave it at that. But now that I'm, you know, in the game and I'm and I'm taking it a lot seriously, is it a lot seriously, I'm taking it more seriously. <laughs> um, I understand now that there's algorithms and stuff out there that I would I truly don't want to really pay attention to because I really just want to say what I have to say and engage with everyone. But these things matter. And, you know, I really want this podcast to be at the top of the game, right? And so, in order for that to happen, I need you guys to, you know, subscribe, rate, review, especially those of you who are tuning in from Apple, the iTunes world, that world right there, that's where you really get, like, you know, rated and put in categories. So, if you Or someone you know. (laughs) If you have the chance today at any point, uh, please rate and review and share it, especially those of you who have Apple people. You know, I'm part of the Apple community. Apple, I don't want to say to the day I die because who knows what Samsung might bring up next. But you feel me. If you have an Apple friend, you know, send the podcast to them and ask them on behalf of Rita Pierre. Please rate, subscribe, and review. So before we go into the, I guess, the meat of the podcast... I do want to make an announcement. Freedom Women NYC, which is really the company in which the podcast comes out of, still trying to figure out how to navigate that. But Freedom Women NYC, we are having a um, a very special event next week, April thirtieth, from six thirty to eight thirty at the Brooklyn Commons in Brooklyn, New York. So if you live in the New York City area, please. Um, do your best to try and come to this event or encourage others to if you can't. The event is a Sexual Assault Awareness Month event, Free to Women NYC. We do this event every year. Each year it takes on a different form, but this year we're going to have a panel discussion and an open forum, and we're going to talk about sexual assault. And the title of the event is hashtag surviving your loved ones. Um, And so, I, I'm not sure if I had talked about this already on um, past episodes, but Sexual Assault Awareness Month is in April. It's every April. And I take this time to really um, bring awareness to this particular topic in light of the surviving R. Kelly and the Michael Jackson, you know, never leaving Neverland. Is it leaving Neverland? I think it's leaving Neverland. Um You know, there's been so much conversation, so much talk, so much rhetoric around just sexual assault in general. And for the most part, being a woman of color, I understand, you know, what sexual assault is in the community and how the community does, you know, fails to address it. And I understand the impact of not addressing uh, sexual assault. People, I would say for the most part, when we think about sexual assault, we're thinking about stranger rape. We're thinking about rape that happens on college campuses, date rape, but very, you know, but I guess for the most part, we don't really consider sexual assault at the hands of your loved ones. We don't really consider, you know, the molestation that happens in our community, whether it be within our home, at a friend's house, at church, you know, through organizations that we might have been part of as a child we don't necessarily categorize that as sexual assault, and it's it's something that I feel like we need to truly discuss and truly break down, because many of us are walking around with childhood trauma, and as much as we try to push it out of our heads, and maybe some of us have even forgotten the incidents that have take, taken place, it affects us regardless like the way we move the way we perceive the world the way we perceive others the way we interact with our very own children and so although we think that we've pushed these things out of our minds it's manifesting in other ways and it's not just affecting you know those who've been victimized it's affecting the community at large and by not having these conversations it's in a sense for some people the trauma is every weekend when they're having You know, Sunday dinner with the uncle that touched them at the table, you know, and these these are heavy topics. It's a heavy conversation and yes, it's something that should be discussed in therapy, but I truly believe in community talks because I've had these events before and there are women, we didn't ask for them to come forward with their story, but they shared it because they're you know, currently healing, but they might've sensed that somebody in the room might need to hear that they're not alone. And so I'm very passionate about having community talks and having these types of discussions. I like talking about things that people don't want to talk about. Sometimes we need to be uncomfortable in order for change to happen. And so next tuesday april 30th from 6:30 to 8:30 at the brooklyn commons in brooklyn new york please please come out and support again this is not like a round table circle like you know we're not forcing anybody to dis- to, to to you know join in on the discussion but just maybe sit back and listen you know as to what the people are going to say we have um representatives from Canva who's going to come you know a, a, um Victims counselor who is going to come in and, and, and share a little bit about what sexual assault is. We have Audace Garnett, who is um, the founder and CEO of Ascension Advocacy, who's a victim's um, advocate. And she's going to talk about the impact, uh, you know, of, of this particular issue in our community. We're going to have somebody from the district attorney's office to just talk about the procedure. Because there are people who always wanted to know, like, what is the procedure of putting away uncle Charlie, right? What, what, what's, you know, what are the the legal ramifications? Are there alternatives to incarceration? And so we're going to definitely delve into some of those um, topics. So you definitely want to be there. So now moving on to the meat of today's show, we are going to talk about what I like to call the art of no. And what that pretty much means is How do you say no (laughs) when you're at work, right? How do you say no when you're at work? What is the importance of saying no, whether it be to your supervisor, whether it be to your colleagues, whether it be to your clients? Um, What is the importance of saying no and how can you go about saying no? So this is obviously not the easiest thing to do when you're working for the man or for anybody that's not yourself, Um, saying no is, is seen as taboo. You don't say no, right? A lot of us have been taught when it comes to our superiors, when it comes to our colleagues, when it comes to the workforce in general, you cannot say no. Like, who do you think you are? However, I have realized that over the last couple of years, not saying no has been detrimental to me. You know, whether it be my, my mental um, state, whether it just be my physical state, it's been detrimental to me. Um, so when we're talking about saying no, we're talking about saying no to extra workload, right? Meaning you already have your list of tasks. You already have your full schedule. When your colleague or when your supervisor tries to dump more work on you, Sometimes you have to say no, but it's how you say no. It's how you say no that really matters. Um, So we're going to talk about some of that today. And so I guess I want to start off with just talking about the reasons why somebody would say no in the workplace, right? So the first reason that somebody would want to say no is that it hinders your ability to accomplish the work that you already have, like the responsibilities that you already have. Right. And so it's important when you when you're, you know, working to be able to one, I guess, haven't do an assessment of what your tasks, what your responsibilities are. Right. Keep track of what you're actually responsible for, because that's going to help with the saying no part. But making sure you understand what your tasks are, understanding um, the level of importance for your tasks. Understanding the the I guess the the time requirement, the time commitment um, for each of these tasks. Understanding that will help you get to a place where you can better sit back and say, you know, when your supervisor or your coworker asks you um, to help, either help them with the project or they're trying to give you more work. It's gonna help you assess right then and there whether or not you're able to actually take on more work. Because at the end of the day you know you're tasked with certain responsibilities from your supervisor right and the point is at least i would hope the point is to is to do your work you know at optimum level is to produce the best product that you can right and so now if you are taking on other work that affects the the task that you are actually given what you are currently responsible for will be compromised if you're taking on Jill and Sally's work, right? So you have to kind of know your limits, understand what you're able to actually accomplish too because maybe... Maybe you can do the extra work. Maybe you are, a. maybe you're not, maybe it's not a problem for you to stay up five to 10 extra hours at night to complete these extra tasks. Maybe, you know, it's. maybe it's not an issue for you, but that's something you have to realize, you have to figure out for yourself to make sure that whatever extra task that you have been, that they're trying to give to you, you have to see whether or not that's going to hinder your current responsibilities, if that's going to prevent you from accomplishing what you need to do. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you take on all this extra work because you couldn't say no, but now not only did you not accomplish what you were actually responsible for, but then you're not able to accomplish the extra work that, you, that you've been given. And that's never a good look. And so it's better to say no thank you than to take all this work and, you know, essentially crash and burn. So the next thing, you know, the next reason I guess um, somebody would say no to extra work is that it doesn't, it doesn't align with what you know your goals are. And this this is more so, I guess, for people who might be in upper management, right? And who might be in management period, where you're workload is a little you know looks a little different from somebody who might be, you know, an associate or whatever. But sometimes you have to look and see whether or not this extra task, this extra project that they're trying to give you, whether or not it fits into the puzzle of your purpose for being at this particular job, or your purpose for for being part of this particular group, right? You have to look to see if it if it manages. So, if, for example, let's say you know you work at um, you know an entertainment um, firm of some sort, right? You're an attorney in an entertainment firm, and you're working on projects with you know let's say several TV stations, and your your goal is maybe to review contracts and and whatnot. Uh, and strictly reviewing contracts for clients. Um, you being tasked, I guess to now um, I don't know, oversee what's like ha- the, the actual operations of a particular cast or movie or TV show or whatever it is might not necessarily necessarily <laughs> might not necessarily I'm so tired <laughs> might not necessarily fall in line. With your, you know, what I guess your goals are, you know, at this job, your goal is there to review contracts and to make sure that the client contracts and the talent contracts are proper and whatnot. You going now on an actual set and, you know, and and going off an actual set and, and being an operations person and overseeing operations, might not fall in line with exactly what it is that you're trying to accomplish at this particular job. It might be too. It might be so different, like on so, such different scales, that it might even impact. You know what it is that you were initially trying to do. You know, taking time away from you sitting down and doing the tasks and doing the job that you, you know, that you're set to do. Going off and traveling and doing all this extra stuff that has nothing really to do with maybe contracts or you know, any of that stuff might actually be detrimental to you know your career objectives at your particular firm or your particular job, etc. And so just making sure that you know your you know, you kind of again—it's about keeping track, right? Making a list of like, what are your goals? What are your short-term goals? Your long-term goals, and making sure that with the extra activity, the extra projects, fall in line with it. You don't want to be pulled in too many directions because that causes burnout, and it might just cause confusion with you as to what it is that you're supposed to be doing, what it is that you want to do at your particular job. The other thing that I would say, the other reason I would say people um, would want to say no is that you don't agree with, you know, what's actually happening. You don't agree with the particular project. You don't agree with the particular outcome of, um, of maybe the project or or the task that you've been given. Now, this one sounds a little bit much because you're like, what do you mean you don't agree? Like, you don't have a right to disagree because this is your job. Well, I beg to differ. I beg to, I don't know, say say no. <laughs> I beg to challenge this. Um, for me personally, there have been times at my job where I have had to say, I'm sorry, I cannot move forward on this particular case because I do not agree with this. I, fund, I have a fundamental um, objection to this particular case, to the outcome, to how we want to go about. Because at the end of the day, you have to understand, depending again on your industry, like for me, I'm an attorney. I have to present arguments, whether it be to an arbitrator, to a judge. I have to present these arguments, these legal arguments, right? And for me, I don't want to sound like an idiot because the legal community is very small. As large as it looks like to everybody else, it is a very small community, especially when you're a woman, but even more so when you are a woman of color. People know you. People remember you. They might not even remember your face, but they hear your name and things spread like wildfire in this community. And so I like to make sure that when I'm presenting my cases to whether it be judges or arbitrators, I make sure that I, I, I am saying it with, you know, you know, I am conveying it with <laughs> the utmost intelligence, but that it's sound, that my arguments are sound. Now, are there times where I have to make ridiculous arguments where I'm like, uh, this is crazy, but whatever, it's going to get the job done. Of course. I mean, we're not, unless you own your own firm, and even if you own your own firm, there are going to be cases that you know are crappy and you're like, it's a waste of time. But there's a difference between a waste your time case the, and the case that you're like, fundamentally, you just disagree with this and the way that we're going about it. I personally never want to do anything that even teeters the line of unethical because, again, that's your reputation, that's your integrity, and that's your name. And so there are times, you know, where these companies are wanting you, are trying to throw you out there and have you make these crazy arguments, have you make these borderline unethical, um, you know, uh, I guess decisions or whatever the case is in issuing these decisions. And you have to sometimes step back and think about the bigger picture because unless this is your company or unless you plan on being here for the next 20 years of your life, um, you know, you want to make sure that your name and your integrity are intact. And so if you disagree fundamentally with someone or with your supervisor or with a particular project, Maybe, you know, you might not necessarily have to say, no, I'm not doing it, you know, outright like that, but you might want to question it. And it's your right to question it. Again, these things are the issue with these things. It's more so about how you do it. It's not the questioning of the job or the questioning of the task is not necessarily, I think, ultimately the issue. I think it's how you go about doing it that ends up being the issue. Um, So we're going to go into that right now. We're going to go into, um, you know, how, I guess, how you would go about saying no to whether it be your boss or to, you know, your client or your coworker. Um, So the first thing with respect to you know, how to say no. So if you're saying no to your boss, and most people kind of cringe at the fact that they they are even considering saying no to their boss because, of course, you don't want to get fired. You don't want to get labeled. You don't, don't want to get retaliated against. It's understandable. But sometimes you have to say no because you have to protect yourself. And I know that there's these memes and these sayings that are going out all the time that say that at the end of the day, if you crash and burn, you get a mental breakdown, you end up in the hospital because of... Of stress, you die. Your job is being posted. Nobody is, you know, you might, depending on your company, get some flowers or a card sent to you. Maybe. But at the end of the day, your work is being dumped on one of your coworkers. They're bringing in somebody new to take care of your tasks. You know, it's kind of like, oh, poor Sally, but we need to keep moving on. So you, knowing that, you have to, as an individual, have your, you know, personal your peace, your ment your mental state, your physical state, you need to be considering those first. Because you're no good to anybody if you're burnt out and if you're crash, you know, if you're crashing and burning and if you're in the hospital. And I say this from personal experience, because even now as I'm speaking to you, I still struggle sometimes with with this concept of saying no taking care of myself first not you know allowing myself to be pulled in so many different directions by so many different people i will say although i struggle with it i have i have come very far in my journey to you know protect rita first and so before i might not have said no as often to friends family coworkers my job but now i am i'm starting to exercise The no and really hone in on the art of no. Um, each and every day. I sit back, somebody asked me to do something. I'm sorry, I'm not able to do it because I'm not gonna kill myself to do something, especially for free. We know how that is. Either way, so to your boss, right? Your supervisor might ask you if you're able to do some work, if you're able to take on an extra, you know, project, right? And At this point, when they're asking you to take on this extra project, you're wondering if you're going to even be able to finish the work that you currently have, right? So it's like, whoa, I can't even do what I have right now. I'm not telling you that. But now you're wanting me to do more work, you know? And then again... That extra work taking away from you, right? Maybe you had plans that night. Maybe you had your child's recital to go to. Maybe you just wanted to like veg out in front of the TV because you've had a stressful week from the work that you were already tasked to do, right? And so obviously it's not the easiest thing to move forward and tell your boss, listen, no, no. <laughs> I can't do this um, So again, it's in the way that you say it You don't want to The one thing you don't want to do Is be, do that passive aggressive thing That a lot of people do Like, oh, well, you know, I would But, you know, sometimes you got to you gotta Shoot straight in a way Where you're shooting straight You're not coming off as making excuses But you're shooting straight Where you're kind of like empowering yourself With um, the information So what I mean by that is you, you you, tell your supervisor, listen, I'm very honored. Honored is like my new word now, guys. You'll, you'll hear me say it, you know, on many occasions. I, I would probably say this, you know, thank you so much. I'm very honored that you would even consider me to do these extra, you know, extra tasks that you think that you feel that I am capable of doing these extra projects, extra tasks. I'm very honored at the fact that you would even consider me to do that. That, le- that lets me feel as if I'm valued here. You know, it lets me feel as if you understand that I'm able to do, you know, do the extra work that I'm capable. Um, you might not want to say all those words together, but these are just different things that I'm throwing out there that you can say. Um, but then you you move in with the, however, I was planning to, you know, spend this week doing X project. You know, I, I'm very close to completing um, the project from last week or this major account. I'm very close to completing that. So I, I kind of want to spend this week, you know, working on this project and closing it out. You want to use those terms, closing it out, because closing it out means it's getting off your plate. It's going to be finished, which means your supervisor is going to be happy that this task, this project is not looming. So you want to there's like key words that you got to throw out there, I think, that kind of like speak to their heart. Right. So you want to just shoot straight. You want to just be like, listen, thank you so much for this honor. But. I, you know, I'm going to, I have this other work that I'm almost finished with. I have this other task that I'm going to be working. So you're not letting them know outright, listen, I just want to stay home and eat Cheetos all day with any ice cream, but that, you know, I'm I'm still working, actually. I want to finish this job. It shows responsibility, I think. It shows Responsibility. It shows. I think it shows tact. I think it shows ability. I think it also shows discernment because discernment is is a key thing. It shows that you're able to um, get a hold of you know your work. It it shows work ethic. Um, it, there's there's a lot of things that you're signaling to your supervisor when you phrase it. When you phrase your no in that way, right? So that right there, I think is one way that you can actually uh, convey to your convey to your supervisor um, what it is that you know, what it is that you're that you're truly trying to accomplish. here. like, listen, I would be, I would love to do this. However, um, and that also gives your supervisor a chance too to say, well, listen. What I gave you last week, yes, that was a priority. However, this week, this is a priority. So stop working on those tasks and let's work on this. So in a sense, you're not accepting extra workload. You're, we're just shifting the workload in a sense. So if, if what your supervisor is asking you to do now is of the utmost importance, then you know, let them say, listen... Thank you for, you know, thank you for your work. You know, you're doing a great job on that project. Let's put that project on hold and let's work on this. That way you're not doing double duty. and You're not killing yourself. At the end of the day, I think the supervisors are really looking for efficiency, right? I mean, provided you work in a, in a sound environment, but they're looking for efficiency. They just want their work to be done. They want things to be done. And if they're prioritizing, you know, one job over the next job, let them prioritize it as opposed to throwing that extra stuff on your plate. And then you're now trying to juggle and you're struggling and all this other stuff. The next thing I would say, so, you know, that's what I would say to my supervisor. That's that's the advice I'd give for that. Now your coworkers, the, this is a tricky territory because we all know that coworkers, Sometimes they like to take advantage of you. So it's not even like they truly need your help, right? Sometimes they just want to take advantage and they want to push their work on you so that they can go out and have margaritas on Tuesdays and and have taco Tuesdays. A lot of times that's the case. And so you want to be careful with the coworker situation because you have to be vigilant. Sometimes they're out here trying to screw you. Um, Other times though, you know, they might actually need the assistance but again you have to think about you like it's it's a team environment you know you want to work with your coworkers you want to help them out you don't want to be that person who's not a team player but you have to keep you in the back of your head because if you're taking all your coworkers tasks and you're you know you're helping them out and you're overwhelmed with your work you're going to crash and burn for your coworker you know you got to think about that sometimes so your coworker is asking you for assistance, right? They want your assistance or, you know, your, your help, your expertise or whatever on a particular subject, on a particular project that you might very well have all the, you know, have all the knowledge for, right? And so sometimes you don't want to, outright say no to your coworker because you have to work with that person. And heaven forbid one day you might actually need that coworker um, to cover a shift for you or you might need their input or expertise on a project that you're working on. So you kind of want to, you know, that's a line that you kind of have to be, you know, you have to really be vigilant and figure out really how you want to you wanna move with that. But again, um, I guess I would always encourage helping out if you can Helping out, um, you know, to the best of your ability, that's not going to hinder, again, your task. But if it's a situation where you absolutely cannot assist that coworker in, you know, their project or in their ask, like, don't be fake about it. You know, don't come up with some weird excuse um, that's very obvious to not assist your coworker, Right. Um, because at the end of the day that, that hurts the relationship, being fake and being dishonest hurts the relationship. And that's not something you want to do instead, like really just tell them like, listen, you know, again, kind of that same line that you use for the supervisor. Like, thank you so much for asking me, you know, this sounds like a great opportunity, but you know, if the reason that you're not able to help them is because you might not necessarily know, you know, enough to help them, just tell them that, be honest, be honest with that. Like, for me as an attorney, everybody thinks that I know everything. And it's not just because it's me. Like, every attorney I've spoken to, they get the same thing from their family members and friends. When you're, a, when you're an attorney, they expect that you know how to do all types of law. And sometimes, you know, I have to be honest, like, listen, I'm familiar with it, but, you know... I don't actually know it. And it's not it's not like I can't do it, but I'm going to have to put in like another 20 hours of research just to give you a response that my coworker or my colleague or an acquaintance of mine who actually practices this type of law might be able to give you in 2 seconds. Right? So it's not me saying no, it's just me saying you sure you want me because if you're going to get me, it's going to take some time because I'm not I'm also not going to kill myself to bone up on an area of law that's not necessarily mine, just to give an answer out um, to somebody, you know, who just who just needs an answer. I'd prefer to say, listen, I can't do it for you. I'm sorry, but let me find somebody else who can. But the same thing, you know. Again, if you're working in an office setting with a coworker who's asking you, you know, to assist in a project, I think just being real. Now, if your coworker wants to take it some, you know, take it and act some type of way with it, that's on them. But if you're asking me, listen, I need you to assist me in writing these memos. If I have memos of my own that I have to write that I have not completed. My answer to you is like, listen. I would love to help you out. You know, I would, but I also have my own work that I have to do. I have my own memos that I that I have not finished yet. I have two briefs that I have to write, so I really can't assist you. You know that I think that's the best approach when you're talking to your coworkers. You know, coming out and making up some story or making up some lie isn't the way to go because you're going to fracture that relationship. And if your coworker is a sound and reasonable person, they will get it. They will understand um, that, you know, you're not trying to push them off or you're not trying to be a team player, but you actually have work to do. And again, if your coworker wants to, you know, feel some type of way about it and start acting upset or annoyed, or if they want to cut you off, then that might be healthy for you. Let them cut you off because you don't want that type of negativity anyways. So I would say the last category of, um, you know, people that I would, you know, I guess discuss in terms of the how to say no to is clients. So, you know, we talked about supervisors. We talked about um your coworkers, but there are many of you all out there who actually have clients and you, you know, you you answer to clients, um, whether it be because you own your own practice or you own your own, um, you know, firm or business or within the business that you currently are in, you have clients that you are specifically responsible for. Now saying no to clients is definitely a challenge because these are the people that ultimately pay you, right? They ultimately um it's not that just, it's not just that they pay you. If this is a client that's important for the company at large, like you know, it it's a big deal to be able to interact with these clients and to be able to affect effectively communicate with them. In a way that's positive, not just for you, but really for your supervisor and for the company at large. And so you honestly just can't go around just saying, nah, no to clients, however you want to. There has to be a very strategic way that you tell the client no, but it's not really a no, if you get what I'm saying. So with with the clients, again, very, very tricky. You don't want to come off like you're patronizing them. You don't want to come off as if, you know, you're being condescending to them. That's, you just don't want to do that. Clients, especially, you know, they, they they come from all different walks, right? You have clients who are very, very, um, I guess, intellectual, who are very on it. And then you have clients who might just be like, listen, you know, they're, they're out there, and you're leading the blind. Um, but regardless, at the end of the day, when it comes to clients, um, the one thing that they don't want to feel is belittled. They don't want to feel like they're being patronized. They don't want to feel like you're, you know, like you're being condescending to them. So you have to be very, you know, very strategic in how you let them down. And so, I would say. If there is a situation in which, you know, the client wants to go in a particular direction, but you know that that's not the direction that the company needs to be going in, that the client needs to be going in, um, it's all about empowering them with information, providing them with the reasons why, you know, this particular course of action is not necessarily the best, right? So. How you would go about doing that is allowing them to talk. I do this all the time with my, you know, with the clients that come in, the members that come into my job. Sometimes you just have to let them talk, share their thoughts, get it all out there. You listen, you take notes or act like you're taking notes. You let them convey what it is that they want to convey. And then you go in. And then you start, I don't want to say attacking, but you start dissecting some of the points and giving like the pros and the cons, right? So I see, I hear what you said about this. Great idea, Jim. However, you know, this, based on my experience, based on my research, this course of action, I think would be better. And let me show you why this course of action would be better. Clients, a lot of times, their concerns are the dollar-dollar bills, They care about how much money am I saving, how much money am am I making. So if you're able to translate this into numbers, you know, for your clients, if that's the industry that you're in, that's a way that you can get to the know and still save your job and still save your integrity and still have that client want to work with you, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of like, it is a little bit extra work sometimes to get to the no, but I would rather take that extra step and do that, put in that, you know, that extra work to get to the no, than to be stuck doing a project that you might not agree with, that you know is going to crash and burn, and that you ultimately don't want to put 20 hours in doing because you already know what the outcome is going to be. And so... That's kind of how I would say that you would attack the client thing, right? Let them talk, let them get it out there, but then come back to them with, I hear you, but let me tell you why. Let me show you why I'm concerned as to why your course of action may not be the best for you, right? So it's kind of like putting it back on them. Like, I know what your goals are for for your project or for your company. I know what your objectives are. And so keeping in line with your objectives and staying in tune with what it is that you are setting out to do, this is the best course of action. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta like massage them a little bit in order to get to to the know, interestingly enough. And so that is kind of... The advice, all the advice that I have with respect to the art of no, it's important to say no when it's necessary because saying no protects you. It oppresses. I cannot speak today. <laughs> it protects your psyche. It protects your physical state. Um, it's just better for you. Sometimes you have to say no. You cannot always say yes. Yes will be Your detriment saying yes all the time will lead to your detriment. It will lead to you being in a hospital bed, it will lead to you maybe ending up in a psychiatric ward. It will end up, you know, causing you to just be maybe just it will just change your demeanor. If you're always saying yes and you're resenting the fact that now you've said yes um, to all these projects, it just affects you in such a negative way. And so you, we have to, and I understand again, why saying no is scary because it's even, it's scary to me sometimes, but you have to figure out how to, you know, navigate that because you will not be able to say yes all the time. And it's something that I'm learning. I'm getting better at though, because I have definitely, you know, even at my job. When I've gotten cases and I, you know, again, I'm not just saying no because I want to get work off my plate, because I don't want to do it. I'm saying no for real reasons. One, I'm not able to do it because I have other things that, that I need to do that have been given to me. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying yes to this particular case because I don't believe in it fundamentally. I think that it's not that it's just a crappy case, but I do not believe in the arguments that I have to make for this particular case because it might you know teeter the line of unethical and you know again sometimes you have to give the proof you have to give the examples you have to shed some light as to why you're saying no you can't just walk in and say no nah, I'm not doing it but it's important for you to understand that it, you can say no. It's just in the way that you present the no. That's what matters, and that's what's important. Yep. So hopefully you guys were able to get something out of today's show. I always aim to shed some sort of light on a struggle that, you know, some of us may be going through. So hopefully you guys were able to get something from it. Um, as always... Thank you so much for tuning into the show, and also again, I'm gonna reiterate what I said in the beginning. Please, 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 guys, subscribe, rate, and review Frida's World. We're on all major platforms, um, and so that would really mean a lot to me. And follow us on social media. So we have the Frida's World page now, which is Frida F R E E D A S underscore F. So crap. <laughs> F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world, W-O-R-L-D, Frida's World. Um, we have our new platform now on social media. So we're no longer posting like the podcast stuff and the blog stuff on Frida Women NYC. Um, so definitely follow us on the Frida's World um. Instagram page. And also, if you guys want to be a guest on the show, if you guys have any questions, concerns, anything like that, um, ideas even for show topics, send your email to Frida's World F-R-E-E-D-A-S world, at gmail.com. And I will certainly respond to you. I'm sorry, guys. I know there's a lot of awkward pauses today. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. Like, I'm just... I, don't, I guess we all have these days, right? When we're just kind of like a little slow. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that this is not going to be the rest of my day. I have things to do. But again, thank you all for tuning into the show. And I'll talk to you guys next week. What's it's Frida's World. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clashing. It's Frida's World.